Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. The Bayou Gremlins are often underestimated by the more powerful factions of Malifaux. But what they lack in refinement, they make up for in sheer cunning. If the various Gremlin families ever banded together, they could take on even the most well-trained forces in Malifaux. But first, they would have to put their squabbles and feuds behind them. I hope you enjoy part one of the Antikythera Mecha Mistum. This episode of Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by the Bayou Bar. We are Malifaux's one and only Bayou-themed bar, where you can buy genuine gremlin-made whiskey and authentic Bayou pork. We source all our ingredients directly from the Bayou. We even release live skeeters into the dining room every night, so you can feel what it's like to enjoy a drink in the swamp. The Antikythera Mechamistum by Joe Zeger Summerteeth Jones sat back in his big creaky chair and reconsidered many of the choices he'd made in his time in the bayou. There were moments where, perhaps, he could have been a little more ruthless, grabbed a little more treasure, or stabbed a few more backs. So many missed opportunities for crippling the other gremlin families flashed in his memory. Times where he could have put Martucket out of business forever. Summer was proud, tough, and still confident that he'd end up the indisputable top gremlin in the bayou. But he had no doubt that he'd made some mistakes along the way. Right now he felt like he was looking at one of those mistakes. His son Lenny sat at the end of a long table built almost exclusively from frost-run driftwood, still holding a pig under one arm. The pig, to its credit, seemed to have gotten used to it. Either that, or it realized that while it was under Lenny's arm, it was not dinner. Can we please get this meeting over with, Martucket said, leaning back in her chair and waving her spoon around. I got important things to do. It ain't a meeting. Lenny said, his voice low and slow. He looked like he was trying to lock eyes with Mar for effect, but couldn't remember where the voice had come from. We's already met. Lenny nodded along as he spoke, as if to give himself the encouragement to get the next word out. Summer knew he was slow, but before he'd been promoted to Gremlin General, at least he'd kept relatively quiet. Now with a sense of authority, and an enormous hat. He tended to add the occasional airheaded thought about what he thought the gremlin should and shouldn't do. The power had clearly gone to his head. Oh, shut up, boy, Summer said. 
Lenny looked at Summer and bowed his head a little, allowing Summer to see the top of his hat. The hat, which signified his status, was actually just a smidge larger than Summer's. Lenny had taken steps to make it bigger by using tree sap to stick on whatever he could find. Feathers, leaves, even the half-decayed carcass of what Summer thought might have either been a skunk or a very dirty rabbit. Summer often told him it looked ridiculous, but he was actually a little impressed. It was a big hat. Anyway, Ma, what are you in a hurry for? Important things. Puh, you gots nothing to do at all. Summer spit a wad of phlegm in Mar's general direction. I think uh, that all gremlins should impork and things. The pig under Lenny's arm gave another little snort. Everyone ignored him. The other gremlin family leadership in the room, Ophelia, Zip, the brewmaster, and Ezekiel Gautreaux, stayed relatively quiet, more interested in eyeing up their opposition than whatever Lenny was saying. Ah, uh, what do you know? Ma said to Summer, clacking her spoon on the table. The many gremlins whose minds had wandered snapped to alertness, causing several to fall off their chairs. I got plans for days up in here, she gestured at her head. More'n you's got in that empty balloon of yours. Elbowing Trixabel, who was chuckling next to her, Ma gestured at her own head. Why, with such a small hat weighing down that big old head of yours, I figured it might as well just float on off. The Tuckets howled with laughter. Summer's pistol was in his hand. Oh, yeah? What you knows about planning? You can't plan a lunch, Summer said. I can plan the fanciest, tastiest lunch you's ever seen, Balloonhead, Ma said, standing up. Her chair fell to the ground behind her and she held her spoon high above her head, as though she would use it to split the ground underneath them. Oh, ain't that fresh, Summer said. Next thing you'll be telling me is that you're going to go raid Hollow Point, Summer laughed, slapping his knee. Ma looked at him, dead serious. As a matter of fact, I was gonna. The room fell silent. Say what now, Summer asked. You gonna do what and where? Trixabel asked, receiving a sharp elbow from Ma. Come on now, Trixabel, Ma said through clenched teeth. You knows all about that there secret plan to steal all that stuff at the hollow points. Stuff, Summer said. Stuff, echoed nearly every gremlin in the room. Gadgets and stuff, Ma confirmed with a nod. They's got it all. I heard from a confidential source that they's got some real nice goodies ripe for the taking. She leaned close into the table. Y'all heard of the Leviathan? Leviathan, Ezekiel shuddered. The bane of Kythera. Powerful technology. Everyone had heard of the Leviathan. These gots it in there at that hollow point, Mar said. And I's got a plan to steal it. The entire Gautreau family recoiled as though someone had slapped them in their collective face. Some of them leaned forward hungrily, their faces hot with anger. 
Summer didn't get what all the bulkers were upset about, but he was too busy thinking fast to bother asking them. Oh, I sees, Summer said, standing up. He started to walk around the room, trying to look tough. So I guess y'all had some spies mingling around our territory, didn't you? What sort of stupid are you talking now, Summer? Ma asked. How else would y'all have heard about her plan to steal the Leviathan? We've been working on that forever, and we was just about to put it into action. Oh, shush your stupid face, Ma said, baring her teeth. You ain't got no plan. We do got a plan, Summer said, bearing his own. And I bet it's a sight better than yours. It ain't, Marsh shouted. It is, Summer shouted. Ain't. Is. Ma huffed, breathing hard. Well, if you so smart and I'm so smart, why ain't we working together? Mar looked extremely surprised that those words had just come out of her mouth. Summer tried to hide his own shock. Had Ma took it really just suggested that they team up? What? Summer said. Yeah, Ma said, looking rapidly to the side and back again at Summer. What hesitation had been in her face a moment before was now gone. She grinned wolfishly. Yeah, that's right. We'll do it team-like. A couple of pals, brothers and sisters in gremlinhood, fighting for the better of gremlin kind. We'll both go and steal that there leviathan. I don't think this is a good idea, Lennis said. Oh, shut up already and preside over the meeting, gremlin general, Summer said. It's not a meeting, par. I already knows you. As it happens, Summer said ignoring his idiot son. I had the very same idea. He grinned back at Ma, showing as many of his teeth as he could in a single facial expression. I'm thinking that sounds like a marvelous plan, Mark Tuckett. I didn't know you was so smart. That's because you don't open your ears none, balloon head. Why don't we go our separate ways, muster our forces all official-like, and go get us some Union goodies. Ma held out a hand to Summer. He looked at it like one might look at a coiled razor-spine rattler. Summer had a feeling deep in his belly, and he wasn't quite sure what to do with it. He wasn't scared of anything, so it wasn't fear, but maybe it was just a little bit of hesitation. Summer shook. All right, Ma. Let's see who can be stealing the most stuff. This meeting is over, Ma said as she stepped away from the table. The rest of the tuckets got up with her. I was looking forward to our new partnership, Summer Teeth Jones. Does anyone want to pet my pig? Lenny shouted as everyone ran out of the room with plan, leaving the gremlin general alone. Ma Tuckett did not have plans to raid Hollow Point. But Ma, Trixabel said, I thought you said, I knows what I said, girl, Ma said, whapping her on the butt with her spoon. The sound crackled, and Trixabel howled in pain. Wouldn't hurt so much if them shorts weren't so damn tight, Ma said. Trixabel stuck her tongue out at her, 
but Ma was too busy planning to notice. She paced around her house, kicking various items out of the way as she went. Ma liked plotting and conniving, but she preferred to know what she was doing first. All this improvisation bunk was for the birds. Several other Tucket gremlins lounged against the walls, some of them napping, others drinking. None of them would be of any use to Ma now, but she never really expected them to be of any use, except as cannon fodder. Ma was the only one with half a brain around these parts, with tricks about coming in a close second with a quarter of a brain. We're going to fix summer good, Ma said. We just got to figure out how. Think with me, girl. What could we do? We could stab him in the back, Trixabelle offered. Nah, too obvious. Push him off a cliff? In a swamp? Where are we going to find a cliff? Poison his food? Ma whacked her again with the spoon. Trixabelle, you know better than to ruin good home cooking. Yes, Ma. Trixabelle rubbed the spot on her head where Ma had hit her. No, Mar said. There's got to be something special like. Something that'll help us get that stuff from Hollow Point and put an end to those good-for-nothing Joneses. Ma and Trixabelle fell into silence again, with Ma slowly tapping her spoon against the surface of the table without any particular rhythm. Trixabelle spent a few moments looking very serious before going back to flirting with one of the gremlin boys in the corner. That worthless girl. Ma was about to harangue her for being such a distraction, but before the words came out, her mouth turned into a slow, sly smile. A distraction. That's what they could do for some of Teeth Jones. In fact, that was just the thing that they all needed to make this work. Hey, Trixabelle, Mar said. Pull yourself out of that boy's face and come back here. Trixabelle rolled her eyes, tugged down her hat, and sauntered, much too slowly, back to the table. Ma, because she was gracious and forgiving, let it all slide. Trixabelle had given her a great idea, after all. What now, Ma? Trixabelle asked. You know the other day when Summer wouldn't shut up, Ma asked. You mean every day, Ma? Trixabelle snorted. Ma chuckled. That's why I like you, Trixabelle. No, I mean right after we gave his idiot son that big hat. He was talking about how all the humans fight for glory and how much he liked it. Glory? Yeah, you know... Standing atop the corpses of your enemies with your chest in the air, wearing all kinds of fancy shirts and medals and stuff. The humans are talking about it all the time. It's mighty important. Well, Ma, I'm not sure I'm following none. Can you eat, Glory? No, Trixabelle, you can't. Can you drink it? Trixabelle, Mar said. You cannot drink, Glory. You need to open up your ears and start doing some of the listening instead of all that flirting, you hear me? To Mar's surprise, Trixabelle pulled out a chair, sat down, crossed her legs, and leaned forward like she actually cared what Ma was saying. 
Ma cleared her throat and stepped back, holding her spoon in both hands. You know how Summer is always walking around, telling everyone that he's the best at this and that, and the strongest and this and that, and the most handsomest and this and that? Well, he thinks all those things because he's got that big head of his. And a big head is just the kind of head that we can fill with glory. Glory is what you get when you do really stupid, dangerous things just to impress someone. Ma thought that was a pretty good explanation of glory. At least that's what she'd gathered over the years of watching humans try to get it. It seemed just like the kind of thing that Summer would want a wheelbarrow full of. Oh, Trixabel said, her eyes brightening. I get it now, Ma. It's just like when little Crick thought I'd give him a kiss if he swam across the frost run holding a pig in each arm. She sighed. Poor Crick. She looked up. But what's that got to do with Summer Teeth Jones? Are we going to give him some glory? Oh yeah, Trixabel, Mar said, turning her spoon over in her hands. We're going to give that balloon head all the glory he ever wanted. Oh yeah, Lenny, Summer said. We're going to give Mark Tuckett some buckshot in her back. That don't sound like something that Mar would appreciate, Lenny said, switching his pig to the other arm. The giant hat he was wearing flopped forward, obscuring his vision. But Lenny didn't try to get it out of the way. It had been doing that all day. The Jones main house was more of a conglomeration of lean-tos and improvised structures than it was a mansion. But Summer liked it that way. It made it pretty easy to destroy if he was in the right mood. It wouldn't take that long to build back up, and then it'd be sitting there, waiting for him to destroy it all over again. Martucket ain't supposed to appreciate it, Summer said. She's supposed to die in a hunk of burning gremlin flesh and fire. That's why we's over here scheming and planning, you big idiot. Oh, Lenny said. I guess that's all right, then. We don't like the Tuckets very much, do we? No, son, Summer said. He leaned back in his big rocking chair, moving back and forth as he pondered. No, we don't. Summer played out a bunch of scenarios in his head, trying to figure out which one he could use to kill the most Tuckets at the same time. They'd be in the middle of Union territory, and most of those humans looked for an excuse to kill a gremlin, especially if they were working for the guild on the side and wanted to make some extra scrip. Maybe if he got ahead of them somehow and bribed the Union to go after Ma. That wouldn't be very honorable-like, but Summer wasn't a very honorable-like gremlin. No, he decided. That wasn't good enough. He needed the satisfaction of pulling the trigger himself, seeing her face right before the end, or seeing the back of her face right before the end, seeing as he was planning on shooting her in the back. That's why he kept returning to the idea of the juicy Union tech they were going to steal. All he'd have to do once he got his hands on it was let Ma take a couple of extra steps forward, and blam, tuck it pudding. 
Lenny was making a low humming noise, which usually meant he was about to say something stupid. What is it, Lenny? Summer said, half closing his eyes. Where's Hollow Point, Pa? Lenny said. Me pig's not up to walking, and I don't feel like carrying it too far. Summer spat. Boy, how can you not know where Hollow Point's at? That's where almost all them humans come into the bayou from. Just across that there frost run. Lenny reached up to scratch his forehead and finally moved the brim of his hat out of his vision. That river's awfully cold, Pa. Summer couldn't come up with any of his good ideas while his idiot son was talking. Shut your trap, boy. We ain't gonna swim, Summer explained. We always lose a number of the boys when we take boats. We got enough to spare, I think, and we could put the tuckets on the boats that don't look so good. That might solve half the problem before we even get there. Then who was going to help us steal all the stuff, Lenny asked. I said quiet, boy, Summer snapped. No. If we do that, we're not going to have all the gremlins we need to help us steal all the good stuff, so we can't sink them in the frost run. He leaned forward, traced his fingers over the kitchen table, and flicked decaying bits of flesh out of his way. Lenny and Summer sat quietly for a moment. Maybe instead of boats, we could take rafts, Lenny asked. Summer debated just shooting the boy on the spot. What part of your razor-sharp intuition helped you figure that out? Lenny looked around the room. Razor-sharp what now? Summer only shook his head. Rafts are just worse boats. You might as well ask your pig to fly. Lenny looked confused which meant that there was absolutely no change in his facial expression. Why wouldn't we just use boats then, Lenny said. Because our boats don't do so hot in the frost run, boy, Summer said. We gremlins are made for swamp sailing, not river sailing. We might lose half of us just trying to get to the other side. How many times do I have to tell you? But what if it was the tuck at half, Lenny said. Summer stared at his son. We just got done talking about that not two minutes ago. You remember when I realized we needed their help in the attack and looting, don't you? I remember, Pa, Lenny said. His expression said otherwise. Summer also didn't know how he'd put holes in all of the Tucket boats. All the boats looked the same. He'd be just as likely to sink the Joneses. Besides, Summer said, I got one more idea that I'm fixing on using. If and I can get the details right, maybe my most genius plan ever. I just gotta wait for... At that moment, however, Ezekiel Gautreau came in the door. Well, he more floated into the room than he walked. The Gautreaux are all about these damn robes, and appearing mystical all the time. So whenever they moved... They seemed to want to try to look as much like ghosts as possible. Took you long enough, Zeke. In response, the Gortreau held his arms dramatically above his head. There were other matters that required my attention. Yeah, right, Summer said. Look, 
Whatever voodoo you folks do all the way by them Kythera ruins ain't no business of mine. Ezekiel didn't respond, except to pull a small wooden flask out of his robes. He took a sip and passed it to Summer, who drank greedily. Ah, Summer said. Whatever I might think about your mystical blabbity blah, you Gautreaux make some pretty fine shine if I do say so myself. Ezekiel nodded, then proceeded to sit at the open seat at the table. He snatched the flask back from Summer and drained a fair bit of it himself. What do you need? he asked. I want to talk about your voodoo, Summer said. But Pa, I thought you just said it ain't no business of yours, Lenny asked. Whatever I say is my business is my business, Summer said, slapping the table. Now you listen here, Zeke. I got an idea about building a bridge across that frost run. But it ain't a normal-like kind of bridge. This is what I'm proposing. What is a Gortrol doing here? Ma asked. I thought we was going to do this teamwork-like. We is, Summer said. Our team just got a bit bigger is all. He seemed much too relaxed for a gremlin that was about to go attack a Union stronghold. He was up to something, of course, but Ma had expected that. She was up to at least three or four somethings after talking with Trixabelle and some other select members of the Tuckett family. They had decided to meet again in the briefing room where they had originally come up with the idea. Most of the other families had turned chicken shit and backed out, saying that this was their crazy idea and they'd have to go through with it on their own. Ophelia had actually walked away howling with laughter when Ma had asked for a temporary alliance. That girl was still upset over being sidelined for Gremlin General, but it didn't matter to Ma. The meeting room was much less crowded now that there weren't a bunch of cowards taking up all the space. Lenny, with his hat and his pig, sat at the end of the table looking just the same as he always did. The sight of the pig made Ma realize that she hadn't eaten in a spell. They had been so wrapped up in their genius that Ma had forgotten lunch. Ma never forgot lunch. In a way, that made the whole thing a little more exciting. Well, you know I got some friends in the Union and all. Seeing as I'm such a sociable and likable gremlin, Ma said, I don't know if you recall, but I was the one who first found out about the Leviathan. Ezekiel shuddered. Yeah, I was wondering. How did you know about all that? Summer said, a suspicious gleam in his eye. Every lady's got her secrets, Ma said, grinning. And speaking of which, I found out another little bit of information. You know the train that comes in from the north? The one what ships all them good is back and forth? What of it? Well, the tracks don't end outside the pumping station, Ma said. In fact, there's the little gate that lets the cars go right through. And you know, wouldn't it just be fancy if one of them trains went through with a bunch of gremlins on it? Summer squinted, that suspicious look still on his face. Couldn't he take anything that Ma said at face value? 
Of course, she was trying to murder him and his whole family, but she thought she was a little better at being conniving and clever than that. It didn't matter. Soon Summer wouldn't be able to be suspicious of anything, because he'd be grambling soup outside the front gates of Hollow Point. He'd never be able to resist his role in her plan. And how do you think that's going to happen, Summer said, snorting with laughter. We going to take both our families and shove them in a train car? I reckon the Union wouldn't be too keen on selling us tickets. He slapped his leg, howling. The rest of the Joneses joined on a chorus of mocking jeers. Ma didn't let it get to her. She kept picturing the bloody mess that they'd all be when this was over, and that made her feel a sight better. Ma kept her face as calm as possible until the laughter died down. No, you dim-witted Joneses, Mar said. Us Tuckets are going to be board that train. You Joneses are going to be doing something much more important. Summer raised an eyebrow. Ma could tell he was trying to look disinterested, but she noticed that he couldn't help but lean ever so slightly forward in his chair. Oh? Yes'm, Mar said. She got up from her chair and started walking around the room, making eye contact with all of the Joneses she could see. She tapped her spoon softly in her hand as she went, trying to put as much sweetness in her tone as she could. This was the important part. You Joneses might all be dimmer than a candle with no wick, she said. But ain't nobody can deny that you lot are some of the strongest fighters we got here in the bayou. Us Tuckets are better at not being noticed, you know. That's why we gonna do this in two ways at once. She circled back around the table until she was in front of the rest of the Tuckets. Us sneaky Tuckets on the train, Ma gestured with her spoon over her shoulder. You brave gremlin warrior Joneses at that there front gate. She gestured with her spoon at the other side of the room, where Summer didn't look nearly as excited about this plan as she'd hoped. Locking eyes with Summer, she tried to lay it on a little thicker. You've got so many strong gremlins at your side, Summer Jones. Ain't nobody gonna beat you head on, especially if we tuckets lend you some of our best guns. Summer raised an eyebrow. You gonna lend us guns? Ma nodded gravely. We got to do this sort of thing for the good of gremlin kind, you know. It's the right thing to do and all that. What kind of guns you gonna be lending? Ma fumbled. She hadn't intended to lend anything to Summer, but it seemed like a bad idea to back out now. Uh, we was going to lend you some shotguns and some rifles and... I want a new hat. Everyone in the room looked at Summer. You's already wearing a hat, Lanny said. Shut your mouth, boy. Are you going to come fight on the front lines? No, Pa. I got to stay behind and be a leader and take care of the pigs and... Then I want a new hat. One fitting for the strongest gremlin in the bayou. Pa, Lenny said, if you wear a big hat while fighting over there, it's going to make you easier to aim at. Don't we always aim for whoever has the biggest hat? The biggest hat there is, Summer Teeth Jones, you're going to have it. 
Mars suddenly exclaimed. Lenny spoke up. That sounds like we're a diversion, Pa. I know what a diversion is, boy, Summer said. A diversion is that all those Union folks are going to be too busy staring at my amazing hat to shoot straight. This ain't a diversion. This right here, this is glory. And we're going to get some. Yeah, yeah, Marsh shouted, clacking her spoon on the table. Jones is, Jones is, Jones is. She waved to her half of the room who stared back at her as if wondering why she was repeating Summer's name. She glared at them as she repeated the chant. She must have said the damn word fifteen times before Trixabel caught on and started echoing her. Soon after, the whole room was cheering at the very satisfied-looking Summer Teeth Jones. Mars' plan was going to work. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for part two of the Antikythera Mecha Mystem.